You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. And my very special guest uh, through um, uh, both hours of the programme today is, is Josh Newton. Now, Josh uh, is, a, is a youth worker. He's been training at uh, Moreland's uh, College. In fact, I think you're, you're still there at the moment, Josh, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm in my third year at the moment. So we're going to be talking uh, all things youth work. Now, youth work is something which is very close to my heart because uh, having volunteered to, to, to uh, help in the youth worker in my home church in St. Andrew's Presbyterian Church in, in Ireland, I then went on to train full-time um, with the YMCA. And, of course, that led to 40 years of working with, with young people and managing youth centres and so on. Now, you, you haven't... Uh, quite got that length of service, Josh. But what what was it that attracted you to to work with young people? I think for me it was definitely that kind of understanding of where firstly where God wanted me in the church or in the community, and definitely coming to realise on the age of fourteen, fifteen that I definitely had that kind of push to want to work with young people. And then the most of the second part was having an active youth worker who was relational and always around in my life to make sure that I was growing into the person I wanted to be. And actually looking at him and his role and being like, I want to do that, that's what I want to do. I think that was the biggest pushes. It's so important, isn't it? Because when you, we look back, and obviously you, you, you're doing that, but, but the people around us, uh, it's so important that those people are encouragers, isn't it? The people who mm. can help us. And you clearly you clearly have somebody special like that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just the, it was a good balance between I'm here when I need you, when you need me to be, plus, let's find opportunities to grow. And I think actually being active and being there for someone, being active and finding things for them to do was the perfect lens for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's been a very difficult time, you know, for young people. This is, this is mm-hmm. uh, you know, Children's Mental Health uh, Week, focusing mainly on children, but actually for, for for all of us, but for young people in particular, there's been a very, very high level of of people experiencing, you know, mental health challenges. Have have you come across that with some of the people you're working with? Yeah, definitely. Um I think there's definitely that from I know I host a a Wednesday Zoom call each week and just seeing the young people come on from quite deflated, quite almost very restless, but nowhere they can channel that energy in that in just that capacity of they want to get out, they want to be doing things, they want to be seeing people but they can't and that's really affecting them. I was reading some young minds um work the other day and they said Back in September, about 80% of young people said that their mental health was worse because of lockdown. And now, that 41 of that 81 was much worse. Now, we're going to be talking to four young people in the programme uh, today, Amy and Joseph and Lucy and, and Nathan. Now, Amy, uh, our first guest on the programme today, she's quite special to you, isn't she? Yeah, she's, she's my sister. <laughs> well, well let's, let's hear what she has to say. Hi, I'm Amy and I'm 15 and lockdown for me has been quite boring and tiring but also good at the same time. It is weird not being able to see my friends and it is even weirder spending the whole day on my device trying to do schoolwork. I have adapted to being surrounded by my family while I try to do my work instead of being in a classroom with my friends. I had to stop doing debate club and normal music lessons. I now do my flute and piano lessons on a video call, which is very strange and difficult at times. I do miss meeting up with my friends and doing things together we love, which is usually a big highlight of my day. During COVID, I have been trying to teach myself German, though I'm not the best at it. I have also been baking more than usual and I have been reading more as well, as I have more time now and less to do. I have definitely struggled to stay productive though, because usually on a non-lockdown day I'd be meeting up with people, going out to places and doing new things, while nowadays I just sit around watching TV and on my phone. I don't really have much motivation to do loads. I have been trying to stay uplifted by FaceTiming and texting my friends, spending time with God and going on walks and spending more time with my family. I would encourage others to stay in contact and make time with their friends and family either by social media or FaceTiming, etc. I would also say to to try and do the things you love as much as you can, if possible. Also to make sure to relax at times and to spend time with God or just take a couple of minutes a day to relieve stress in this difficult time. 
Well, that's Amy there just expressing how it's been for her through the lockdown. Of course, you're, you're close to, to Amy, so you'll have seen. Have, have you two been able to be in, in, in reasonable you know, contact with each other, albeit over the dreaded Zoom and our phone, as, it, as the case may be? Yeah, definitely. I think I was living at home originally in the first lockdown, so it was really interesting to watch the whole family. We'd all move back in to go back into a complete new routine, but then actually since I've moved out... Um, try and keep some sort of routine as well and then family quizzes and normally have a whatsapp from Amy if I've not messaged her back saying where are you <laughs> she's, she's keeping an eye on me yeah. it's interesting there because she she commented and I think a number of a number of the other young people will comment as well that that the lockdown has has, has meant that the, the less re, you know, reliability on friends and even family mm. has meant to be able to develop a, a bit of a better relationship with God uh, y- y- himself have you have you found that have you found that even though it's been you know hard in many ways that, that your own relationship w- with God has been a little bit easier to develop because you're, it's you and him, as it were. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think it's given a lot of thinking time. It's given a lot of time to process and actually spend time going through everything, especially over more than the last two years, everything that I've developed and learned about. And I think, of actually, I think this has been, in the midst of everything, it's been a really good time to kind of cement what I've learned and actually think, oh, this is it, this is what I want to do, this is who I think I'm going to grow into be. And I think that time of God's been a great time of that realisation and actually him confirming things, and I think that's been the biggest thing, yeah. This is Hope FM. Uh, well, of course, my very special guest is Josh Newton. Uh, you, you, you're obviously a fan of music, uh, Josh. It, it, it does something special to the soul, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, 100%. I've, mm-hmm. I think I've always found music as a really, kind of a very helpful and creative way just to channel everything. Um, yeah. My family are very musical, so. Do you, do, you, do you play a musical instrument? I do. I play a few. Um, a I few. Play, you know, and I play the sax. Yeah, <laughs> it's the push from the parents of the kid. <laughs> um, uh, I play piano and I play saxophone and I play guitar. Oh, fantastic! That's great because I've not I've not heard much of that at church, so I'll just have to be sort of prompting you for so. I don't have to do. Mind you, of course, when we're all in, in church normally, of course, you're out with the young people. But uh, but anyway, mm. clearly you've got you've got lots of talent, Josh. Let's just turn the clock back because um, obviously I asked you you know, why you had that motivation to be a youth worker. And you talked about being inspired by your own youth worker and somebody who encouraged you. But how did your Christian journey? Uh, Begin. I mean, I know you were you were brought up in a in a Christian home, but uh, but but how did how did the, the the pieces fall into place for you? Yeah, um, I think it was definitely a mid teenager time where I began to take it more seriously. It was a time when I've actually, oh, this has something to do with me. This is something which I have to be a part of now. It's not just something which is my parents or something I just do on a Sunday. Um, I think growing up in Sunday school, I was always known as a kind of a problem child, someone who'd caused a lot of issues, as in not massive issues, but just running around, not listening. Basically, the Sunday school teacher's worst nightmare is what I was for years. Um, <laughs> actually coming from, coming from that place of always being told off in Sunday school to actually get into a place of, oh, this is for me, that was, I think, took quite a long time. Um, and then I think when I was about 14, I've actually, it's quite, I find it quite as easy to exclude myself from God, exclude myself from, oh, God doesn't want anything to do with me, even if he is there. Like, why do you want anything to do with me? And I think that was where my heart was, and going to church was hard for a time, as in I didn't want to be there. Everyone else seemed to be having this experience or having this time where they knew God, and I was like, this is nothing for me. And then there was one moment where God really just met with me in a youth group in New Milton, actually, which was funny because I was living in um, London at the time, um, in New Milton, and God was literally like, I know you, I love you, and I've got a plan for you. And that was it. It was somebody, one of the youth leaders who just had a word from God in that moment and just said it. And for me, that was really prominent at that time to be, actually, this is for me, and I don't have to exclude myself from this. And then I think from then, just I was on a complete journey of God taking me to where I am now. Um, it was always weird going through secondary school and actually trying to tell my teachers I wasn't going to university, I wanted to go to a Bible college. Um, but I think, yeah, I think God's just taken me on a massive journey of, actually, this is for you, I am yours, and then I've got a plan for you. Now, and I think trying to encourage others in that as well. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, people, society has changed quite a bit, hasn't it? I mean, some people would say mm. that even in the UK, we're, we're sort of like gone from a Christian nation into a post-Christian nation. And I, mm. I, I guess in the average in the average church these days, you're not seeing a huge numbers of young people. There are, of course, exceptions to that, and the Hillsongs would be right. would be one of them. But wh- why do you think it is that that it, that God has become? I mean, is it because young people aren't interested in God, or, 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 mm. or why is it that we're not seeing many young people in church these days? Yeah, I think I think there is such a variety of reasons and such a whole spectrum of different different things. Really, I think I think Scripture Union did a research recently and found that ninety five percent of young people aren't in church, and that was shocking when I first heard that. Like ninety five percent of our young people aren't in our church. I think there's that actually perspective that they're not in the church, but that they're outside the church, and the reason they're not in here is because no one's going out half the time. And I think that's been a big calling in my life to actually, in my youth work, am I just running a youth group inside a church and everything's functioning in the church? Or am I reaching young people where they are geographically, which is normally not in the building, and developmentally, which isn't normally a Christian or of any knowledge of God? I think that's the first situation, is that we're not reaching enough young people because they're not in here, they're out there. And then we're like, oh, why aren't they here? And it's like, we need to be looking at things to get them in. And then I think as well, I think culture has shifted, society has massively shifted into preconceptions and assumptions of God in the church, which the church has not always propelled a good image and not been a good institute for years and years, and that's come to a point now where people look at it, and when they see Christ, they see the church first, and that often kind of puts them off. And I think it's, with young people, social media just propels that as well. They're in such a different world now, which wasn't a world before. They get news, they get information, opinions so much quicker, and they're constantly surrounded by everything. There's actually how do we use Jesus as our message, but if culture is our method, how are we reaching them in social media, in their skate parks, in their schools? But yeah, I just think there's a lack of um, us being out there and lack of us challenging the perceptions which society has put on. And I suppose it's true of young people as it is true of many people that even though folk don't go to church, it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't believe in God. I, I guess that there's very Definitely. few very few atheists in the world, but probably quite a lot more agnostic. People who yeah. have a sense that there's something there, but, but maybe not mm. quite know. And then, of course, we use this term spirituality, don't we? Uh, as well. do, yeah. do you think that's, that's particularly true for young people, that, 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 that they do have a sense of, 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 of there being a God, but, but, but actually, for whatever reason, don't find that the, the established uh, mm. churches and so on always works? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that young people have sometimes a very different concept of spirituality to what we think spirituality is. And I know I've... Um, so when I finished my secondary school and went to Moreland's, I was invited back to do an assembly. And I spoke to the whole school on having strong foundations of actually what your foundation's in. Is it in your popularity? Is it in your friendships, in your family? And how do we have strong foundations? And I was actually in the pub a few months later, and one of the sixth formers who turned 18, so he was in there as well was like to me, I remember your talk last year, you came into our school, you gave a talk and you said good foundations. And he was like, I didn't like the church, but I liked the God I could have foundations with. And I think that was such a big message that actually spirituality for them is something that's very messy. And I think essentially the churches and Christians, we propelled a message where it's clean, it's squeaky clean, there's no room for a mistake, but actually spirituality is very messy. It's in our brokenness, God works, and out of our mess, God is doing things. Mm-hmm. So I think is that bridge between they've got this understanding of God and what this God could be, then that spirituality comes from the church is maybe something different. And of course, you know, fellowship, as we all know, is is really important, and 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 God loves uh, His church. But of course, the church isn't isn't a building. No. <laughs> the the church is the people of God. You know wh- where they're mm. at. I mean, our next our next young person who's going to express himself is actually Joe 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 Petarskis. and uh, of course he's 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 a a minister's son, <laughs> uh, but he's one he is one of course who who has found his expression in music. Shall shall we listen to what? he has to say yeah that'd be great hi i'm joseph and i'm from bh1 elam church in bournemouth and i'd just like to share with you a little bit of my experience of lockdown and covid19 now lockdown for me has been good and it's been bad it's definitely had its ups and downs and um let's start off with the good side now the good side for me is that i've been able to spend time on personal 
achievements and personal accomplishments, I've been able to release a single, an EP and an album. And I definitely wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have the time. And then obviously, as for all of us, there are the bad times. For example, we haven't been able to see family. We haven't been able to hug loved ones. And it is really hard not to do that because we're, <laughs> we're human and our human aspect has just, just been taken away. And um, and also not going to church. And although although we can go to church right now, we can't sing and we can't have fellowship. And that's what I really miss is going to church and <laughs> having tea and coffee afterwards and just sharing the love of Jesus with each other. And if there's anything that's kept me going during lockdown is it's the Bible, because the Bible is one of God's ways of speaking to us. And when God speaks to me, I feel I feel like I'm not alone anymore. I feel like God is with me. And um, that just really lifts me up. And if there's anything that's going to keep me keep me going through the next few weeks is that the vaccinations are happening, happening. People, people are getting vaccinated and uh, we can definitely see an end to this. Um, we just have to keep on pushing forward. And um, I just pray that God blesses everyone through that and that God just keeps his hand upon all of you whilst this is all happening. Yeah, that's my that's my experience of lockdown. Well, thank you, thank you, Joe. And there you have Nathan. You know, you know, Joe's saying how important the church is to him. Of course, important for his music because he, he's involved in the worship leading in his own church. I guess a, a great bridge, you know, uh, to our worship services and so on is young people uh, themselves and and bringing some of the the life and vibrance, of course, and and the culture that you talked about uh, into our worship services. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think. I think there's a really good quote by a guy called Mark Matlock that says, you find as marginalised members of the body, but they're co-conspirators and co-creators in the divine work of the kingdom. And I think it's grasping that young people aren't just a side section to the church, but they can be at the forefront leading with us and bringing the vibrancy of everything they bring. And yeah, and I, greatly to that. yeah, and I guess that that, that means uh, you know sort of making room, and and I guess also maybe thinking out of out of you know out of the box. It, of course, there, there were youth churches established, weren't there? But although I sometimes mm. feel that you miss out when you have a youth church because because when you bring the age groups together, uh, you know, of uh, course that you've you've got a maturity in people who've been Christians for some time. Whether that's yeah. you know whether they're older people or but not necessarily people have just been longer in the faith as it were, and then people maybe who are just start starting out in their journey. But then of course you've got that vibrancy of youth and its vision, and also the in, the interpretation of the culture as it is now because things are very different now. For, like for for example, from when I was a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's just I think I was chatting with Electra the other day, and we said there's such a space for a youth service until that fragments the body and that actually we're such a unique and diverse group of a body that we're actually every age every culture every background is welcome together i think as a church we've got a push towards that we've got a push to that each member has a chance each member is in the body vibrantly lead and vibrantly pursuing the kingdom of god and i think young people have such an important part in that and it sees them i think has both corporate individual growth as well to see them grow in this group of people it's fantastic this is hope fm Well, that's a touch of heaven there from uh, Hillsong Worship. Very intimate uh, song there. And, and, of course, it was one of your favourite ones. Is it the intimate nature that that expresses uh, that's uh, important to you, Josh? Yeah, I definitely think, yeah, I think that's it. I think I really like how it's a touch of heaven and how God is the Lord of the heavens and the creator of the universe and sovereign over everything. But then he is still intimate and he's still close and he's still our father. I think it's just that. Mm. crazy crazy paradox between the two but actually they work so well together mm. do you think that, that a lot of people struggle with the intimate side of god i mean obviously we, we, you know we, we hear a lot don't we you know about being forgiven of our sins mm. and, and 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 whatever but but we don't hear too many people talking about the intimate 
nature of the, the relationship that is our right mm-hmm. with God. Why, why, why do you think that is? Do you think it's something that people are a wee bit backward at, at, at sharing? Yeah, I think it's. I think as a, as a nation, we're quite private in our kind of own relationships as well, and I think that kind of might even drive that. But I think, I think people may be scared of. God being that close and that having that raw and open relationship with someone. But then also I think the church are also scared to almost feel like they're not showing God who he is if they kind of make him look just like a relational father. There's actually beauty in him being a relational father as sovereign and as big as well. I think that's kind of those two kind of fears of it. But I think it's just really getting to grips with that's what it is. It's a massive, it's a weird thing to think that God is the Lord of the heavens but also our close father, but that's the reality. Now, obviously, we were talking uh, about the church there, and I and I know that the the ch- the church in 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 every sense has been very important to you, uh, you know, through 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 your life, and 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 that of course includes the the sort of organised churches. Why why was that? Why why was it that it the the church community became so important for, to you? Mm, yeah, I think I think we definitely went for a time of probably between about sixteen to eighteen, or very much church was just something to fulfill on a Sunday and then it was free for all the rest of the week it was, I definitely lost passion, lost vision of where I wanted to go and was very much wrapped up with friendship groups at school and living for the weekend and it was actually, it was trying to get through the week live for the weekend, go to church on a Sunday and start again, there was nothing which was I lived out of my relationship with God every day, there was nothing of that, it was purely just going to church on a Sunday but then there was a in a formal group set up of young adults between the age of about 17, 18 to about 25. And actually it was one guy's vision to, he noticed this happen, he noticed us becoming these empty shells and we just turn up to church and he noticed people slipping away and it was his passion to bring us back together and actually to live life together. And actually we did that. We um, often went to the pub after a Sunday service and we ended up just praying together or sharing testimonies together most weeks. And I think there was even one week we prayed for someone in the harvester and we saw their leg get healed or something. It was it was a crazy time to actually... The reality became is that we were a group of believers, all messy and all dealing with stuff, but together we were encouraging people to be the person God's called us to be. We were encouraging each other to live our faith in every day. I think that was the most powerful thing, that community, which was... It was a community of every day. It wasn't just a Sunday gathering. So it's interesting to hear you say that. So, so what you're talking about was that that... that peer group really and you said that the age group was from about 18 to 25 and so on but be- mm. almost became your discipleship group didn't it yeah they were they were a discipleship group that, I think that was it and just having that to come back to after uni we'd not see each other for a few months and we'd come back and we know that group was there we knew that there were people still around to just be discipled with and just to disciple you were you were talking to me about this off air, and you used a term which I thought was great. You said we did life together. You know, we uh, yeah. and, of, and of course life can be quite messy, can't it? You know, it has its highs and its lows, and uh, and of, and and of course, you know, we we for all of us, uh, Christian life is is a journey, and sometimes we're on top of it, and sometimes we're just we're just not. But I guess having a group that you can be uh, openly share all of that is is really very important, isn't it? Mm, definitely, yeah. I think it was that we all try and so hard in our own lives to try and be pure and try and be blameless, but actually accepting that it wasn't purity that we should strive for together as authenticity and actually accepting that we're not doing good, accepting that we're struggling here and in our authenticity, turning our hearts back to God and being like, together, we want to try, together we want to live out of this the best we can. Was there a lot Was there a lot of trust that developed within that, that group, Josh? You know, because I think one of the... Yeah. One of the problems today is it's hard to find people to trust. And when, by that I mean it's just people that you you could feel free to share the highs and lows, what you're struggling mm. with and, and what's going well. It isn't easy to find people like that, is it? No, definitely not. Um, I think it did, take, it did take time to trust. And, then, and I think that actually we did trust each other at the end of it and we trusted the group. And I think that was actually became really attractive and was a quality when people who started to come to church or somebody brought a friend, that that kind of dynamic, that trustful dynamic was something which really brought people into the group and we saw the group grow. And I think that kind of base point of relationship was probably it. Well, I'll tell you what, let's hear from another one of the, of the young people. This time, uh, let's 
hear from 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 Lucy and see what she has to say about her, her experience through these challenging times of, of lockdown. Hi, I'm Lucy and I'm 14. For me, lockdown has definitely had its challenges. I found it hard not being able to see friends and family as often as usual and when I do, it's been by video calls. However, it has had its highlights and I've learned not to take them for granted. I have adapted to online learning, dance lessons and youth groups and calls, which is weird and strange and obviously not the same as in person. I definitely miss them as they are a big part of my life and make me happy. They are my motivations and I miss my friends who go to them with me. During lockdown, I have got into scrapbooking and I have learned new ways to help out around the house. Lockdown has also taught me to have self-discipline because of schoolwork and knowing I have to be on top of it and not getting distracted. However, that has been a struggle for me. I have found working from home much more difficult than working at school. I can't see my friends who I usually see at school. I can't see my teachers in person and there are so many distractions around the house. It can be hard to motivate myself to get work done. I have tried to keep uplifted by treating myself to things I love when I'm not working. I like to reward myself to video calls with friends and family and Zooms with dance. I would also like to encourage young people to keep in touch with family and friends and to treat yourself regularly. Try to structure your days into a routine as it makes life seem a little more normal. Remember that you aren't alone. God is with you. He loves you so much and he is by your side. Well, a big thank you uh, to uh, Lucy there. And, and there again, uh, George, uh, Lucy expressing the importance of relationship you know, with your family and you, with mm. your friends and also uh, routine. Relationships right at the heart of everything, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think even if we look at God and who God is, he's a God of relationship. He's existed for eternity in the Trinity and we're made in his image and therefore we're made for relationships. And I think... That's something, it should be a starting point for everything. Well, let's talk a wee bit about, about your Morelands experience, because, I mean, obviously, mm. well, why, why did you go to Morelands? I mean, were, were you pretty clear uh, when when you decided to go to Morelands uh, what you wanted to do, or, or was that still an open book question? Um, oh, yeah, I think it was definitely a journey. So I, only, I originally lived 10 minutes of London School of Theology, so it always seemed paramount that that's where I'd went. Um, when I looked into it, LST, they don't offer a UFOT degree, and I really wanted to do a UFOT degree. And um, I also realised that by going to Moreland's means I get to move away from home, so I think that was a big push <laughs> to be like, get, freedom. I finally have my freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the beach, the beach was a great point. Um, but no, I think, I think just that, I saw a group of Christians, and I was like, oh, I, can, I think this is going to be the best stepping stone to ministry. I was I was looking for the knowledge. I was looking for to be equipped and to lead. But I was actually I'm going to meet people there. I'm going to make. I'm going to network there. I'm going to have opportunities which would hopefully propel me into where God's taken me. And I think it was that which really drew me into because I could have chosen to do theology or youth work at a um, secular university or anywhere really. But actually to be surrounded by believers and be equipped to go into what's next. I thought I saw Morland as the best option for that. And of course, one of the one of the, the the I suppose unique aspects of Morelands is it's it's not just learning theology; it's fleshing it out. It's 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 practical yeah. theology, isn't it? I guess that's right at the centre of it. Yeah, I think that practical side of it was massively attractive for me. I think I've, I'm not one to sit in a classroom well and concentrate. I'd much rather be out and doing something. <laughs> so to actually have that balance of oh, I can run a youth group and that's going to go towards my degree. That was that was great. Um, in, really in, in seventh heaven you're listening to community now on hope fm with keith jones bookshop serving the community for over 50 years visit keithjones.co.uk and my very special guest uh, today is uh, youth worker josh uh, uh, newton and just before the break there uh, you heard uh, his latest choice of music uh, which was altogether good by citizens featuring sander Mc- mccracken i love the lyric of that song uh, josh uh, altogether good and you just said as you were introducing it that 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 you needed to remind yourself because because we do go through highs and lows don't we but we can think actually you know is, is god really good and 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 w- can lose our way a bit, can't we? Yeah, definitely. I think to understand that raw honesty of God. Uh, actually, we've done a lot of research into lament recently at Morelands, which has been really interesting. And actually, laments are authentic protests to God. 
that God's gifted us this relationship where we can authentically protest to him. And I think this is really important. Like, yeah. and, and I guess that, I mean, the Bible makes it quite clear that, that, that God knows how we are. You know, obviously he, he, mm. he created us. So, But of course, there's not, nothing that we go through that, that he hasn't gone through. And I guess that in, in working through things, we, we develop a depth of our faith and a, and a, and a trust. Mm. We, may not, we may not hold our hands up and, and hope for, you know, for things that are not good to happen to us. But actually, in a strange sort of way, our faith often deepens through challenges. I, I mean, I know you're, 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 you're young in the faith yourself, but have you found that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's definitely the reality of what living a life as a Christian is, and even as a Christian leader of what I display to the people I'm working with midweek might may not be how I'm feeling when I get into bed that night or when I'm eating dinner in the evening. <laughs> of actually, there's times where I do feel really low, and I don't know if I can trust God in this or mm-hmm. why am I doing this. And I think bring that straight to him that in his grace it's not a freedom to go but it's a freedom to come to him and that's the beauty of it that we can bring this all to him it's interesting Um, yeah it's definitely been a reality i don't know whether you've had the experience of just you know where you just sit quietly because obviously so many of our lives even in lockdown is filled with busyness we we need to be doing stuff and you know we're 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 here and all over the place but but actually just sometimes sitting down i i find i find that sitting down and putting a piece of music on and all of a sudden you become very aware of the presence Uh, have have you had that experience yeah I, i definitely think so i think just a sense of peace and a sense of resting in who God is. And I think it's so easy to do sometimes and it can be hard to find the time or it can be hard to completely separate yourself from things, but actually just making that time. And I think I've, especially in lockdowns, even having a walk, um, going out on my own for a walk in somewhere which I know would be quiet and just having my music in my headphones and just having that time to rest and do the day with God. I think that's been really helpful, really. Well, of course, in in Moorlands, had you been together with folk, you'd be you you you're joined together there with people of different ages, and of course, many different opinions, theological and otherwise, mm. and so on. How have you found that? You know, the sort of the dealing with the different views that 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 that, that people have, and of course, that you know, theology, which in itself, of course, uh, can be quite challenging. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's definitely been a challenge um, having a few interesting conversations over the lunch table is, is always a highlight of Moreland's. Um But I think of actually, it has in some ways, it has affected my perception of God and my perception of faith. And I think Moreland's plays a role, whether it means to or not. I think it is intentional of completely deconstructing everything you thought you knew, everything you thought God was, and then rebuilding you up into a different inner more fulfilled and more enriched perspective, like a complete refining process. And I think that refining process is hard. And especially meeting friends and very close friends with completely different theological understandings and views of God. Yeah. Of actually, would I, would I worship the God you believe in? That's a question sometimes. And stuff. And some of the things people believe, I'm like, like it, is, it is really challenging. But I think I found a lot of peace in god's grace and that actually if i don't have all the right opinions it's the posture of our heart if i'm longing to know him and long to do it authentically and, and strive to i think there's a beauty in the mind of of our, our minds knowing god well i think theology is so important for us to understand god and having a right idea of who he is is so important for our faith so being authentic and striving for that mm. and trying to know what's right but then also having the grace that i'm not always going to be right it's interesting you, you use that term about being pulled apart and then put back together again. That's exactly what my training was like. You know, I uh, <laughs> uh, uh, even even down to value judgments. You know, I'd um, yeah. we uh, we had to do the. Don't know if you've ever had to do these observations. You know, and you write down well that I saw this rather strange lady, and of course we sit with your tutor, and they say, well, what do you mean, strange lady? And I said, well, you know, she was just acting a bit funny. You know, no, no, I don't know, I don't know. What do you mean there? And <laughs> 
<laughs> and of course, what it was, it, it was, it was, it was then to make me realise that so much of the conclusions that I and probably all of us make are value judgments and not necessarily truth. <laughs> but all, yeah. <laughs> all, all of this puts you in the melting pot, doesn't it? Um, yeah, definitely. Now, of course, uh, the other way that they put you in the melting pot and Warrens is is to give you placements. And and your your first two years were with Twynham Church. Uh, how, yeah, was that a high for you? How did you find that? Definitely, um, I love being at Twynham Church and working with um, Rob Watson and originally Charlie Dupree and stuff. Um, it was a great two years. I think the first year. I was working under a youth worker, so it was a great stepping stone into, oh, I'm actually allowed to be in charge now, which was a scary thing at the start. Um, I couldn't just get away with just playing games. I had to have some sort of bigger responsibility. Uh, But I think, especially in the second year, to um, completely pivot the youth work onto online in a COVID response was such an interesting experience. Um, We didn't have a youth worker in the second year at Twynham, so it was on the students to kind of pivot the youth work to be in a COVID response, read the young people still, but do it safely. And that was really interesting to go through. Well, I suppose you and your colleagues have become pioneers in every sense of the word, haven't you? Because because how do you do church in lockdown, you know? And how do you, <laughs> how do, you do church with young people in lockdown? And, and I guess that, in a way, that's scary at one hand, but, but challenging in the other. Yes, that, yeah. It's, it's presented a lot of creativity which i've really enjoyed that part of it i've enjoyed the uh, chance to be creative um even whether it was sitting on gaming with the boys in our group for a couple of hours on a saturday but using that time when they're task focused to talk about faith and talk about their life and me and one of the other leaders um invented us on the road so when we could in the summer we'd drive to a young person's house and we'd sit socially distant in their garden and we'd just spend a couple hours with them in their garden in the sun and that was really, it was almost like doing a home visit, but never before have I ever done a home visit for youth work. It was actually really nice just to <laughs> sit and spend some time with them. And it was, it was really interesting to see how that became such a sought after thing for the youth group. Now, here you are in your final year, and of course, a, a new church experience because you, you, you're with Emmanuel church in Southbourne, which of course has a, a very high emphasis on, on community life. But but you're it, aren't you? You're, you're the one who's giving the uh, giving the leadership as far as, as youth work is concerned. And I guess, is that the scary fun experience, it sounds like? <laughs> uh, definitely more scary than Twynham was. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's unprecedented, really. I think I've never thought I'd ever be in a situation for youth work. I never thought I'd even have a youth worker job while at Moorlands. Um, but it's been a blessing in some ways, and it's been such a joy to actually come along the young people. And in a time where we, I can't run projects or we can't do things and we, everything feels very stripped back, using that time to get to know the young people, using that time to build a relationship with them where they know that we're a reliable figure for them to do life with, that I'm paid to be there for them. Mm. <laughs> um, that's been the biggest thing, I think, Emmanuel, is actually having that time to build those relationships with them. This is Hope FM. Isla Vista worship there and uh, so in love. I think, uh, Josh, you definitely have us on the intimate theme with all this music uh, today, you know, because it's all drawing us into that sort of personal relationships with God. Uh, Clearly, uh, music is something that helps you to develop your own relationship with God. And, and that's pretty much reflected in your in your choice of music today. So we 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 talked a wee bit about about Moorlands, and of course we were now at Emmanuel in in Southbourne. But what a time to 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 finish your final year, <laughs> you know. So you're you're <laughs> there. You are. You you, you know you, you're responsible for the youth work uh, at Emmanuel, and of course, I guess the best way of describing that because I also worship at Emmanuel, and and uh, and we know that actually uh, that. 
the leadership there and Peter Southcombe, the minister, has a great vision, of course, for the community and so on. I guess that that gives you a bit of freedom. And uh, if I asked you, you know, what was if if you could do anything, you know, on your on your heart in terms of developing and building the youth work, whether that be Emmanuel or anywhere else, I mean, what are the elements that you would you would see as being important? Um, I think well, that's, that's a big question. Um, it is. <laughs> I think I think it's kind of three parts. I've, this is something I've had to think for for Emmanuel recently. Of actually, where do you want to take the youth work to? What's it going to look like? And we've got such a good utility at Emmanuel for having a youth for a cafe, cafe, a community cafe on the side of the building. And actually, is that going to be a hub for what's next? And I think if I was to start from scratch, I think first and foremost, it's a youth work that reaches. It's the youth work that extends the church doors. It's the youth work that is out on the streets and the skate parks and the schools of actually meeting young people where they're at. And I think you can either do that by being actively out or you can do that by displaying so much of the community that we are here and we are open for you just to access easily. And we are hoping to run a youth cafe-style um, hub from September. Um, and this looked like just an open access space for young people to hang out and then actually spend, buy some food, hang out of each other, and then we'd have maybe some tutoring on the sides and football going on in the hall, but actually just a, pay, a place for young people to hang out and to show them that we're there, we're here for you, and we've got a reason we're here for you. And I think intentionality and substance is so important for youth work. I could spend hours just hanging out with young people, but if that's only achieved from laughter, <laughs> it's a point to be hanging out with them. And I think intentionality is key, that we be intentional for why we're here and what we're doing. Well, there's some- and I think that's the yeah, I'm reaching I mean, there's some building blocks that you've expressed through the programme today. I mean, obviously you began because your entry into youth work was because you had a good youth worker who encouraged you and and was there for you. And then, of course, you had, and again, it's come through, you had the whole relationship thing, you know, the peer group with the the 18 to 20-year-olds. I guess that was the thing that shaped you the most. Would you would you see taking that experience uh, and then learning from that and and, and, and building on that in, in in your work as you go forward? Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely played a really important part of how I want to see the our faith and our community best expressed. Um, I think that kind of authentic relationships and actually we're in this together and it's going to be it's going to be messy your lives are going to be messy and that's okay because we're all in this together god's put us together for a reason we're made to be in a community of one another and i think that kind of focus of having a group which does does the weeks together we do life together is really important um well, let's hear from uh, from Nathan because uh, we kept him to the end, you know, and uh, and uh, obviously we've had a number of young people who've expressed how they've been coping with the whole lockdown experience. So, uh, so Nathan, what do you think? Hi, my name is Nathan and I'm 15 years old. Lockdown has been really hard for me, as I'm sure it has been for everyone else. I loved it at the start, but slowly it has definitely started to get tiring. I miss being able to meet with friends, play sport and go to church. Luckily, being at home hasn't been too bad for me, as we have a lodger who lives with us that I get on really well with, um, and who definitely has the same passions as me. I, I've had to adapt and not down, especially with online school. I struggle to have motivation to do the work and also to concentrate. I love working and learning with people, so being on my own has definitely been really hard when it comes to school. I used to play football regularly before COVID, and sadly that stopped, which again is difficult as it's one of my passions. I've been able to play more drums and definitely deepen my relationship with God with all the spare time on my hands. One good thing is now that I can focus on God more. I don't have as many other opinions trying to dictate my views and what I'm going to do. And it's only me and God, which has been great for rebuilding the foundations of my faith. My advice to young people would be to make an effort to keep in contact with friends. We all find it difficult and this is one thing we can all relate to. So talk out, check up on a friend. We're all in the same, same situation together. So once again, Nathan talking about the importance of relationships and uh, and of course what 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 he's missing, Josh. Yeah, I think I was really touched by Nathan's one of actually him. I did feel bad for his family if he's playing drums all the time, but um, but actually his yeah. um, he's got his idea. He said no different dictating opinions, but actually it's helped me come back to the foundations of my faith. Um, that was really powerful thing for Nathan to kind of notice that school can be. 
is sometimes a playground in terms of finding out who you want to be, but also it can feel a bit like a boot camp. <laughs> it can be really brutal on your face. Um, yeah, it was really interesting to him to say that. Mm. Well, of course, one of the things I know you're going to help me with is because one of the things I've been very keen on here for our radio station is to be able to express the views uh, of, of young people, you know, and, and to have have a youth program. I know you're going to you're going to experiment with me on that, aren't you? And um, mm. uh, but but it is really important that that that, that young people are able to have uh, have a voice and and able to express, you know, how how they how they feel. And uh, and I, I guess that to to be part of that as a youth worker, enabling that to happen is 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 really important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think it's just that I love that you use the word enabling. I think we can't control, but we can facilitate, and that's what all we're called to do is just facilitate and nurture growth and give them opportunity. And I think that's really important. <laughs> don't you get excited about when we won't have to cope with the, with COVID anymore? When in the in the yeah. in those days when we'll, we'll be able to really get back together? Do you think we'll we'll appreciate it a lot more? I think we will. I think there's going to be such a hunger for good community contact. I think people are going to be hungry for find finding what they once had, and it's going to be a, to actually hug someone again is going to be such a strange feeling. But actually, there's going to be such a push for people wanting just to hang out together and do things. And I mean, there will almost be a restlessness of like, do I want to sit in church for hours? Actually, I want to be in conversation. I want to be with people. I think it's such a vital time for us to grab that with both hands and be like, we're going to put things in place so we can together rebuild what we've lost. It'll be like Q for hugs, won't it? (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you had a blank sheet, um, you know, if if somebody came to you and said, uh, "Okay, you you are responsible for all of the youth work." In fact, you you do actually have this challenge at at Emmanuel, uh, albeit as a place, it's a big challenge, and I guess a scary one. But but if you could do anything in terms of, you know, now and as we look to come out of COVID, what what are the sorts of things that you would see as being really important? Well, um, I think first of having a sustainable group, I think having a access point for young people to dip in and dip out of, actually. This is a group at this church and they're there for people. But then also, I think, if we've reached young people, then to release them. I think I'd really want to have projects and have programs which would release young people. And actually, I was reading recently in Jeremiah, both God says, Jeremiah says to God and Timothy says to Paul that I'm I'm too young to do this. But then God says to Jeremiah in the same way, Paul says to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But then and Paul also encourages Timothy that it's in his conduct, in his character, that people will be inspired and be blessed. And actually encouraging young people to not think that I'm too young for God or I have to get be 18 for God to do anything with me, but actually God's, if they've woken up that morning, God's got a calling for them that day. And actually having projects and empowering young people to take lead and do things that they want to do and take a voice in their community and actually just really empower them. I think empower is the key word, but never cast them adrift, never put them in too much depth and they're going to be out of control and feel like I've just abandoned them in something they didn't want to do, but actually by working with them and being accountable with them in what they're trying to do, empower them to grow further and release the potential in them. But yeah, no, that would be definitely the focus. This is Hope FM. Well, of course, that's the big challenge there of, of sharing faith. Go and tell it to the masses, said that, that lyric. Like, I really enjoyed that song. Uh, so, uh, as we come to the end of the programme today, I think we might just get two songs in, but I, I wanted to ask your opinion, because obviously, like... Uh, People all over the world, we're very sad to hear about the, the, the death of uh, Captain Sir Tom uh, Moore. And uh, what sort of, of impact did, did his life have on, on, on you, Josh, as you, as you, like the rest of us, mm-hmm. saw, saw his life reflected on the television and so on? And the importance, of course, of 
of intergenerational impact. Yeah, I think I think it was really powerful to watch him offer what he could. Um, there was so somebody could look at a hundred-year-old man and be like, "There's so much to discredit him for ever raising the most money for the NHS." You, I think often what people, when someone looks onto someone, they see that everyone disqualifies them, but God looks at us and uses what we have as a qualification of actually he doesn't um, call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And it's slightly different with Tom, but I think actually he gave what he could and that was used and like just that work could completely discredit him or make him not someone who'd ever be able to raise that much money he just did what he could and that was a powerful thing I, 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 don't I, I, was, I liked his song you know like today is good but but uh, tomorrow will be a good day <laughs> you know and uh, yeah uh, that, that's that's the title of his uh, of his autobiography you know well let's let's play uh, a tribute uh, to Captain Sir Tom, and, and we, as we give thanks for for a life and the, and the very positive influences that he brought uh, on all of us. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the dark. At the end of the storm, there's a golden sky. To the song of the lark. When you walk, walk on, walk on the to the wind, walk on, walk on through the rain, through the rain, though your dreams be tossed and blown. Of course, that is Captain Sir Tom uh, there. And as we say goodbye, we can say rest in peace, uh, Sir Tom. But he did have a, a very positive influence on young and older people, didn't he? Yeah, I think fantastic. So, Josh, uh, we've got uh, time to play uh, just uh, one more song uh, out of the programme today as we both say uh, goodbye. The time flies. I'm looking to have you more on the radio and, of course, getting more of, uh, of the young people that you work with on, on the air. Your final song, though, is, is Church. Uh, why this one? Um, I think it's just a great reminder of... What we're missing in some ways that we're missing church, we're missing that getting up on a Sunday morning and getting to church and encouraging you anything is just hold on to God's still moving and God's still doing something, but enjoy this song as a memory of what we had. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, yeah, and uh, what are, what are you what are you missing most? Is it the is it is it just the being with people and not not having to view them just over a, over a screen? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I miss. I never thought I'd miss the coffee times on a Sunday, but the coffee times is all I miss. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, don't forget the biscuits that go along with it. Sometimes are they? Are they special? Josh, thank you so much for joining me on the air. So, for, thank from, you. from Josh and myself, it's goodbye and God bless. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts, and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.